Marchessault slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Wah sets up to Donov! Knights 5, Blackhawks 4! From the Finley Chevrolet Box Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting into it on this uh, midweek uh, day on Fox Sports Las Vegas, VGK Insider Show entering hour number two along with Ryan Wallace. I'm Darren Millard. Chris Chapman is somewhere in the building trying to establish uh, a better communication skills. We'll uh, chat with him uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, is in Las Vegas. We had the conversation with him in hour number one. He'll be introduced formally uh, to the hockey fans tomorrow at City National Arena. Looking forward to that. If you missed our uh, conversation, discussion with Bruce, uh, it's available on the podcast. Uh, Check that out at the end of the program. We also have game one of the 2022 Stanley Cup final where Bruce and the Vegas Golden Knights hope they are next year uh, at this time as Colorado and Tampa Bay collide in the opener and compared to their first two championships is this by far the stiffest test Tampa will face trying to close out a championship yes uh, I mean, I can I can expand on that, but the the easiest way that I can put it is, Colorado is not Montreal, and they are not Dallas. This is going to be the most difficult opponent that the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing in a Stanley Cup final by far. Yeah, it, it's interesting that all three championship uh, final appearances have been very different. A bubble, mm-hmm. uh, a shortened season, and now uh, going into a full schedule, but some uh, different challenges uh, along the way. But they're they're all uh, also different in the sense of how they got there. Uh, one was a, a, a trying to sort of. Uh, get rid of the ghosts that have haunted them in the past. Uh, last year was uh, repeating mm-hmm. with Steven Stamkos uh, in the building and uh, Nikita Kucherov healthy off a regular season. And this time around, uh, a gutsy, a grittier performance and one that uh, that is going to be tested right to the very end. There's no getting to the final and going, okay, we can take a breather uh, now. The this one, uh, after going seven against Toronto in the first round and then uh, dispatching uh, Florida and New York, it's it's back up and get ready for a really tough test. I think if you were to ask the Tampa Bay Lightning players individually, which one do they want the most? Like, you, of course you want your first Stanley Cup championship. Of course you want to be able to repeat. But if you're able to three-peat, if you're able to win three in a row and you're able to do it for the first time in this stretch in an 82-game season under normal circumstances going through a traditional 16-team playoff, I think that this is the one that the Tampa Bay Lightning want more than the previous two. This is the championship that validates everything that they've done over the last two seasons and fully 
makes them immortal in this era and a dynasty in this era, this is the one that's the most important to the Tampa Bay Lightning. How do they match up? Champions of the East against the best of the West in 2022. Colorado and Tampa Bay. Let's walk through it. Goaltending. Advantage one team or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's advantage Tampa Bay, um, as it's going to be in pretty much every single series that they play. Um, I thought Igor Shesterkin was really good for the New York Rangers, and he was not better than Andre Vasilevsky. And the, the, the fact of the matter is, Andre Vasilevsky is the best playoff goaltender, best big game goaltender, best shutdown goaltender. He is the best guy at that position if you need to win a series. And until there's anyone that comes close to what he's doing right now, it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Andre Vasilevsky is the advantage for Bay Lightning. Yeah, and the other part uh, and way to describe that is we know that Andre Vasilevsky is going to play. Do we know yet uh -huh. who's going to guard the twine <laughs> for Colorado? Because that's been a conversation leading into this. Yeah, it'll be Darcy Kemper today for the Colorado Avalanche. He led them out for warm-ups. Uh, there was a, a decision, I guess, to be made as to whether or not you go to Darcy or Pavel Francouz, who was in net win Colorado in a four-game sweep in the Western Conference Final under the impression and, and my argument was it's the Stanley Cup final. You don't mess around. You don't try to get cute. You don't try to, um, you know, play certain strategies. You put your best lineup on the ice, and if Darcy Kemper's your best goaltender, which he is, if you brought him in here to be your number one, which you did, then he needs to start game one in every single game of the Stanley Cup final. What are you talking about uh, you shouldn't be messing around? Was that a shot at me? Yes. Yeah, your strategy was ridiculous. Wow. I love my strategy yeah. of giving Pavel Francis the strategy. first start. And in because I'm thinking that Colorado is going to be rusty and they're going to be out of sync and sure. it could be a bad yeah. night. So you throw him to the Wolves and say, okay, win us a game or uh, the other guy's going in the next game. I, I thought that was a really yeah. strong strategy and a brave strategy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not yeah, sure anybody it, else would have used when it. You Except for when you think about the idea that Tampa rarely, and I mean rarely, loses two games in a row in the playoffs. So the idea that you would just kind of throw your, your second-best goaltender to the Wolves and spot them a game where you're going to then have to beat them back-to-back -back at some point, that's ridiculous. Hmm. It just doesn't track for me. Go All out right. there and try to win every game. What about on the blue line? <laughs> Is there an advantage for Colorado with some of their sizzle over mm -hmm. Tampa Bay, which can skate and move the puck and has one of the best of all time in Victor Hedman? You know, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, I'm inclined to think that when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche, they're maybe a little bit more dynamic on the blue yeah. line. Kale McCarr certainly gets the... The juice is flowing there. Devon Taves, he's dynamic. He can kind of be that one-man breakout when you need him to. Um, not having Sam Girard, though, in this case, leads me to maybe lean a little bit heavier to the Tampa Bay Lightning. As you mentioned, Victor Hedman's been phenomenal. But you know the, the guy for me on the back end 
for Tampa has been Ryan McDonough. It was Ryan McDonough last season. It, it's Ryan McDonough again here. Like He's been so, so steady and so good uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, making some, some key blocks, some key key plays in, in certain situations. So um, I, I'm i inclined to say Colorado. I think that they're a little bit more dynamic. I think they're a little bit more talented. Um, so I'll give the slight edge to the Colorado Avalanche, but it, it's not as, as big of a gap as, as I think a lot of people would expect it to be given what we think of Colorado and their blue line. Would you take one over the other? Uh, I mean, I'd take a fully healthy Colorado blue line, but yeah. it's not the case. Like, right. you know, if, if if it was Sam Gerrard over Jack Johnson, then I'm all day right, right in on the, on the Colorado Avalanche. But uh, I think that the fact that they're a little bit banged up doesn't necessarily make it an automatic. I still think they're a, they're a bit more dynamic, and I'll take that all day long. What about up front? You've got the evolving Tampa Bay Lightning from one year to the next, and we have to look at yep. just this group. You can't uh, take into account uh, the past two championship forward cores uh, against uh, what is uh, a blossoming and confident Colorado Avalanche uh, forward unit that has right now lost two games in the first three rounds. Yeah, I think this one is slight advantage to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm sure that a lot of Avalanche fans are going to you know, yell at me for that. But the fact of the matter is, Braden Point is back in the lineup for Tampa Bay tonight, and you don't have Nazem Kadri and you don't have Andrew Cogliano uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. So right now, in this moment, I, I think that Tampa's a bit deeper because they, they have more difference makers in the lineup. Yes, Colorado's still deep. But missing Kadri hurts, especially when Tampa is inserting a player the likes of Braden Point. Uh, special teams. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I think special teams for me, like I, I love what the Colorado Avalanche are able to do on the power play. A lot of it goes through Kale McCarr. He's just, again, one of the best, if not, in my opinion, the best defenseman in the game, but then you've got Steven Stamkos as one-timer. You've got uh, Nikita Kucherov working on the half wall. Like it, It's two teams that I think are fairly even in special teams. I, I, I am inclined to probably give the edge to Tampa just because I, I think they've been together longer and they, they have the ability to come through in moments where the game requires it and needs it. And I'll lean on the experience of the Tampa Bay Lightning to be able to kill penalties a little bit better and to put the puck in the back of the net on the power play. Yeah, I think their power plays are a wash. Uh, they're both so talented. Yeah. The The separator between the two uh, is the Tampa Bay Lightning penalty-killing unit and coming up with uh, big plays in crunch time, which they did, certainly, in that series against the New York Rangers. That's why I give them the edge in what could be uh, a swing category that being special teams uh coaching john cooper has won the last two cups uh that that's the <laughs> edge as much as i love jared bednar who i think is a wonderful coach the guys won back-to-back -back cups in cooper uh that is uh, mm -hmm. an edge which is something that we saw uh come out fully in the series against the the colorado or sorry the the florida panthers 
in which they were able to take advantage, I think, of a guy that had never been in that uh, situation before. Now, Bednar has been a longtime coach and running his own bench, uh, but he's never been to the final. Uh, I don't think it's nearly as big of a gap between uh, Cooper and Bednar as it was between Cooper and uh, uh, the, the Florida Panthers and Andrew Burnett, but it's still uh, an edge for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, it's it's an edge for Tampa. I I'm not going to cut a galaxy brain this at all. John Cooper is the best coach in the game. Period. Full stop. He's been able to do something that not many have been able to do. That's get to three consecutive Stanley Cup Finals um, until he is kind of usurped in that situation. He's the best coach in the game, and he's going to be able to come through with adjustments. He's going to be able to see what Colorado does well, which areas of the game the Tampa Bay Lightning are are conceding to the Avalanche, and he's going to devise a plan to stop that from happening. You saw it against the New York Rangers over the first two games, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning just stopped feeding into what the Rangers wanted to do. I would expect a similar type of approach for John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning He's the best coach in the series by far. Who do you think wins? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said that I think that Colorado wins in seven. I, I As much as I want to see history, and to be honest, like maybe that's why I'm picking Colorado because uh, my picks in, in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference final were not particularly good. Um, I I think when, when you're on the cusp of his, history – and everyone starts to get on board with wanting to see that history, uh, things go haywire and they go south and it doesn't necessarily work. So um, as as much as I don't really feel like rooting against or, or betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning, for whatever reason, the Colorado Avalanche are here. I think they're a supremely talented team, and I think they'll find a way to get it done in seven games to ruin the history that everybody wants to see. It feels like you're trying to talk yourself into that. Uh-huh, yeah. Kinda. So it, it, it's that close. Kinda. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling with my desire to see history versus my lack of enthusiasm for repeat champions. Like, and, and I, I don't know why I have such a lack of enthusiasm for repeat champions, especially in this sport where I know it's so difficult to get there, but... But desire shouldn't Part have anything really to do with that. You should. You're, you're just looking at the the rosters, the the talent, and yeah, you're well, trying to decide uh, between the two of them. And if yeah, you want I to mean, say there's, it's there's too close to call, it's, it, maybe it's too close to call. Maybe maybe that's it. I, I'm no. I I think that Colorado can beat Tampa. I, I guess where I struggle is, I think they're good enough to win. I just don't know that Tampa's capable of losing. Like that's the best way that I could put it. I think Colorado is more than capable of winning this series. I think Colorado has all the tools to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I just don't know that Tampa is physically capable of losing a series anymore. That's almost a Yogi Bearism right there. But you just came up with. That sounds like a t-shirt. We should print those up. Yeah. Give they can win, when they win, but I'm not sure the other team can lose. Well, I, do you disagree with that assessment? Well, 
on the surface, yeah, but it's a bit of a cop-out when it comes to predicting. So who are you picking? I'm picking Tampa. Uh, I, I don't you think that, that you can deny what they've done so far in these in these playoffs. And uh, they, they got past uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the high-flying kids, and the 60-goal score. Mm-hmm. And they did it by winning back-to-back games, including Game 7 on the road. And then they thoroughly shellacked their cross-state rival and uh, overcame a bit of malaise and rustiness uh, in in the third round. And the whole blocker uh, weakness of, of Andre Vasilevsky <laughs> or perception, which started making its way around. I, I, I don't think you can deny that the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have the, if they don't have the advantage in every category, they're equal or right mm-hmm. there in every category. And the blue line would be one where you go, oh, all right, the Colorado Avalanche have these, uh, these wheels on, on the back end. Well, Victor Hedman is a stud. And mm-hmm. I'm not joking when I when I asked that question the other day and looked for a legitimate answer. It wasn't just, uh, oh, let's uh, have a conversation about how great uh, Kale McCarr is. When I said, would you take Victor Hedman or Kale McCarr? I think that's a much tougher decision than a lot of people uh, necessarily at first blush give credit to. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have everything going for them and that first overall pick again in Steven Stamkos being able to carry the team that we haven't seen the likes of uh, the last couple of years further cements uh, my my prediction and siding with the with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Plus, it makes it a lot easier to remember Stanley Cup champions when they win a bunch in a row. <laughs> I don't have to think as much. Yeah, I yeah. fall back on that, there it which is. I stated on Friday. Which is really funny because, like, I in the break I recounted every St- every Stanley Cup champion from 2010 to present day, which is is pretty pretty. Funny. Yeah, but wait till you get uh, old and trying to figure that stuff out. It's hard. What are you talking about? I'm I'm a year older. I'm a year yeah. older today. Like I'm I, good. Um, as as much as much as I want to say that I have like a strong conviction for the Colorado Avalanche, I I, I don't. I think that there are avenues that they can win. No, you're I waffling like, like a, a leaf in a no, windstorm. No, no. no, listen, listen, listen. I'm not waffling like a leaf in a windstorm. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What I'm saying is I picked Colorado. I picked Colorado to win in seven. I think it's going to be an incredibly close series, and we'll see if Colorado can dismantle the di- the dynasty. That's what we'll see. The amazing part is there's there's question going into this series about who would start in goal for the Colorado Avalanche, mainly because of health. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy Kemper was uh, was knocked uh, out of the uh, the playoffs uh, and and had to be replaced by Pavel Francouz on a couple of different occasions. Uh, but the guy at the other end hasn't missed a second of action uh, watching somebody else play uh, in his net. Mm-hmm. In in a, in now twelve series, that's phenomenal. Which is another reason why I go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. As you waffle away, I'm going to start calling you Ego, Ego Waffle, Colorado. I picked Colorado in seven yesterday, and I picked Colorado in seven today. Just not really secure in that uh, in that thought process. We uh, we should put you're something not, on, the, on the line here. You're not secure in any here. prediction you make. We should. Uh, What's the we point should put of making a prediction here? 
let's uh, let's come up with a wager during the break, a, a fun wager, uh, because I'm not okay. allowed to uh, to bet on hockey. Uh, uh, I'm uh, <laughs> pro- uh, prohibited from that. So this has to be like mm-hmm. a fun wager that uh, that doesn't get me thrown into jail. Okay, please. Yep. Okay. You uh, you come up yep. with the uh, the wager. And I will, uh, and I will uh, sign off on that if it uh, fits into the area. But coming up next, we have news and notes from around the National Hockey League. One timers got some good stuff. Uh, we'll revisit the whole John Gibson scenario and keep you up to date with uh, the opening uh, of the Stanley Cup Final on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. And we are going to start on time next year. The National Hockey League has revealed that the regular season will commence on October 11th. Uh, it was about a, a week later, a little more than that uh, this year. But next year, we're back. We're back, baby. And we're that. that's great because it means that we uh, will be able to wrap it up a little bit earlier. We just get back to a normal calendar, which is going to be outstanding. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, I, you know, again, it kind of moves the date up a little bit for next season to start, which you and I have both said we're anxiously awaiting. So, yeah, uh, I'm pumped up uh, about that. Uh, other uh, news and notes from the deputy commissioner and the commissioner and their address today uh, also involves some logos uh, for the All-Star Game and the uh, the Winter Classic. But uh, one of the uh, interesting parts is that Evander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers is facing a, uh, a grievance, or he's grieved the termination of his contract uh, by the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involves like $20 million. Uh, they held one day of that grievance procedure. There's a, and they didn't get it all done, so they had to do it on a, a second day, mop it up. But Bill Daly says the grievance process may extend past the opening of free agency on July 13th. (laughs) That's interesting because Evander Kane is a free agent and what he asks for in a contract going forward will largely be influenced by whether or not his contract is terminated from San Jose or he gets that money from San Jose, and like he, he, yeah. he can't go in and ask for the, he wouldn't go in and ask for the moon if he's getting the cash, but if he's not getting the sure. cash, then he's going to really hold out uh, for some from for a huge payday, or a payday. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's real interesting. Can we not like expedite the process a little bit? No, there, well, there's just so many people that need to be involved. Uh, agents and league people and uh, trying to bring it all together. Uh, I think it's really yeah. difficult uh, be, be, before free agency. You got the draft and then free agency. Uh, it's that that's the the tough part about this and the the bind that uh, the the Kane camp are in right now. So if if anybody's looking for 
uh, or expecting Kane to re-sign with Edmonton sooner than later, I think this effectively puts it on hold. Yeah, I think it puts any contract for Evander Kane on hold until you you know what you're you're dealing with. Like as you mentioned, if he ends up getting the the contract from San Jose, not reinstated, but he ends up getting that money, then it changes what he's asking for in a deal. Um, I think that Evander Kane doesn't get a new contract until his grievance is over. Uh, John Gibson, we talked about his status with the Anaheim Ducks and that report that he was looking to be moved. Well, there was uh, a rebuttal from his agent yesterday, and today Eric Stevens from The Athletic said that he spoke with Gibson and he said that he isn't looking for a trade and said that the report they talked to the Ducks about a trade are not true. Stroke that one off. Okay. <laughs> Again, it doesn't I'll, sound like I'll, you buy it. I, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd want to win, Darren. I'd want to win. And as much as like loyalty means something to me, if I'm John Gibson, I want to go somewhere and win. Like it's not going to happen with Anaheim. What are we doing here? Gibson has five years left on his deal at $6.4 million cap hit and a 10-team no-trade clause. Like, shouldn't you want that pressure? Like, shouldn't you want to have to to move on to a place that gives you an opportunity to play in the playoffs? Like, shouldn't you want that as a player? Yeah, but there's also pretty good things about playing for Anaheim and being part of a, an organization that you like. I don't fault people from being loyal and enjoying where they where they work or play. Loyalty's great. It is. But he's, he's he hasn't won anything. Like, there, there's a legacy question with John Gibson. Like, you and I have had the conversation. Is John Gibson a good goalie on a bad team or is he capable of being more like can he be a good goalie on a good team can he be a guy that leads you to a stanley cup can he be a guy that wins in the playoffs we have no idea because he'll never get there because he's never going to leave an organization that can't get to the playoffs so you're saying money can't buy happiness he's getting 6.4 what i'm saying is I guess. I don't know. Just go be a winner. Mm. Why aren't we watching this in golf right now with the, the live tour? Like everybody, uh, some people uh, get get the cash. I think you can be happy uh, where where you are. I, 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 the golf is a little bit more complicated uh, than, than what uh, Gibson's going through right now. But I'll throw another player. Uh, Shane Doan played forever. In Arizona, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never moved. Does, does it make him yeah. less of a player? No, no. Not, I'm not even saying that about. I, I'm not saying that about Shane Doan. I'm saying leave and go chase the championship. Like Shane Doan gave everything that he possibly had to the Arizona Coyotes. He should have in the last two years that he played in the league. He should have chased a championship. He should have moved on. Period. Because 
you want to win a Stanley Cup. Like, that's the only reason that you play. Montreal Canadiens are going to have to uh, deal with a couple of things because they're not going to be, I don't think, great next year. Uh, they'll be better. Uh, I'd be surprised if they finished last overall uh, and get the uh, be in contention or the favorite to uh, win the first uh, draft pick again next year. Still, there, there's some uh, little things that uh, they have to make decisions on. One of them is Josh Anderson. I like Josh Anderson. Big guy, can make plays. We saw that uh, last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm really curious what they're going to do with him. Uh, the Canadians haven't put Anderson's name in trade talks yet, but there's a lot of teams that are interested in him. Do you think he plays for Montreal next year, or does somebody woo him away from the Canadian? Uh, yeah, I think that there's a possibility Josh Anderson is playing uh, somewhere other than Montreal next season. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Canadians to try to move the contract out, and I think that there are teams that can use a Josh Anderson type down the lineup to to kind of be that player, that, that mix of grit and size and uh, finishing ability. He does have skill, it's just... It doesn't show up as often as you'd like it to, and it's not as consistent as you'd want it to be. But in the right situation, the right circumstance, I think Josh Anderson could be a heck of a player for a team that, that can use him the right way. Uh, Bruce Cassidy will be introduced tomorrow morning at Sydney National Arena at 10 a.m. Uh, you can uh, follow the stream on all the VGK social media channels or listen to it right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, other coaching vacancies, now that Bruce Cassidy has filled the Vegas job, remain open. Uh, Kevin Weeks is uh, hearing that the Philadelphia Flyers have offered John Tortorella that head coaching position. And negotiations are ongoing. Thanks, fine. Thanks not, for asking, though. A deal has not been finalized yet. I, I, find, it, I find it strange that they've offered him the job but details have not been finalized yet that's a lot of stuff coming out of a negotiation uh that uh yeah. i'm just i'm not he may end up there he absolutely yeah. may end up there and he's uh pierre lebron is also talking about uh, a close connection between tortorella and, and the philadelphia flyers as are uh, a couple of others if philadelphia and vegas make their decisions and Barry Trotz isn't one of them. And where does Barry Trotz end up? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess it kind of depends on Florida. Like, I think we've, we've kind of circled some teams, right, that make obvious sense for Barry Trotz if he's trying to win and win right now, which I would imagine that he's trying to do. Um, I think that there's always going to be the, the pull of – Winnipeg and and coaching at home, coaching close to home. Um, so I don't necessarily discount the Winnipeg Jets, but I, I do wonder about perhaps the Florida Panthers and whether or not they're looking to go in a different direction uh, other than Andrew Brunette if Barry Trotz makes any sense there. Uh, I told you that uh, Nick Kiprios reported on the Chirp podcast, on my podcast, that Trotz was going to earn in the range of six or more than six million dollars a year and that teams without vacancies 
were kicking the tires on on Barry Trotz. This is a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yep. Do you think that's changed? Because and I asked that because there was a report today that I read that uh, he turned down a seven million dollar offer from the Flyers before they went down the Tortorella track. Um, seven million. I, 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 yeah. I think I think that you know. <laughs> Money isn't necessarily what Barry Trotz is after right now. Like, I think that he's going to get paid. But, like, do you do you want to be paid $7 million um, to coach a team in Philadelphia that is really not all that close to contending? Or do you want to make, like, I don't know, maybe a million dollars less to coach, uh, say, the Florida Panthers? Or if it were, say, the Vegas Golden Knights that is right there on the cusp of, of com- contending? Like, to me... Money matters to a point, but the fit has to be there. And the, the, the other thing, the winning, that's important, not just the money, uh, has to be there as well. Seven million. Turn it down. Uh, Elliot Friedman. But, like, uh, the difference between seven and six. Come on. Like, a million. Yeah, I thought you would have known that. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, oh, did. furthered it uh, a little bit uh, on this story. Said there was a lot of talk about Barry Trotz and the contract. But... Barry Trotz also bought a house in Nashville yesterday. Million uh-huh. and a half. Yeah. Uh, good uh, good, good uh, shack. Uh, and Friedman says, one of the things uh, I did think is that if he went into management, if Trotz went into management, it might be with the Predators because he coached there for, for 15 years. So that could be yeah. a little bit of a, a decoy in the whole process management for Barry Trotz hmm. yeah I mean you know he's he's won a Stanley Cup as a head coach so if that's more the direction that he's leaning if if that's kind of the idea that he has and where he sees the next chapter of his career then one the, the destination makes a ton of sense and two um, he's kind of earned that right so it'll be interesting to see if that's the direction it goes uh, all this talk about Barry and then maybe maybe he ends up in management. Uh, we have an update on the Stanley Cup final. So much for slow out of the gates for the Colorado Avalanche, Ryan. Yeah, so it was uh, up until just about a, a moment ago, 2 nothing Colorado. They looked fast. They were very, very good in the first 10 minutes of the game. Andre Vasilevsky a bit shaky, uh, though Darren will probably argue with me that he's not shaky. He's just getting beat by world-class players. Um, it was 2 nothing the to Colorado, but Nick Paul has gotten Tampa on the board. So it's 2-1 to one, Colorado right now, seven and a half minutes left in the first period. Talk to Bruce Cassidy about the uh, the way the game's being played right now and all the goals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and it had been tightening up, but then this is different. Three goals in a Stanley Cup final in the first 13 minutes. That's not the way either coach was drawing this up. Uh, but uh, very interesting. 2-1. Tampa Bay. Loving it. Uh, those are your one-timers. Brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. 
Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I was going to talk about the fact that the World Cup, uh, the final two teams have, have been set, but I came across a tweet from the Stanley Cup, and the tweet was, if you had one day with me, what would you do? So for me, my one day with the Cup, we would climb Mount Fuji, and then we would have a nightcap in a Tokyo ramen shop. And I would eat ramen out of the Stanley Cup because it's one of my favorite foods in the world. It's perfect to put inside the cup and eat out of it. So uh, if I had my one day with the cup, we're going to Japan. We're going to climb Mount Fuji and we're going to finish it up with uh, a big bowl or cup of ramen. And not just any ramen. No instant ramen. None of that crap. I'm going to go to a specific place where they have shrimp a shrimp broth, and it's and ramen, which means you dip the noodles in the soup. The, the noodles don't come in the soup like your traditional ramen. Absolutely delicious. Best ramen I've ever had in my life was at this place in Tokyo where they they use the shrimp broth and you dip the noodles, and there's a little bit of a, a green sauce or, or paste. I think it's a pesto, maybe. All right, all right, all right, all right. I gave you enough time. <laughs> I, I got to follow up with some, some clarification. Yes. How long does it take to get up to Mount... Fuji. You could do it in a few hours. It's really not not like a. It's not like Kilimanjaro or or K two or Everest where you're talking like four days to get up. So it, you can climb Mount Fuji in a couple of hours. Yes. Yep. My wife has done it actually. She's been to the top. It, how, what's the elevation? Yeah, that seems low to me. Uh, a couple of hours. Well, there's there's a trail that goes directly to the top. It's not like it's 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 and you can only do it at certain times of year because of the weather. But the there you, you don't start at like the the very bottom of the mountain either. Um, but I'm looking up the elevation, and the elevation is twelve thousand feet. All right. Uh, <laughs> Chad, hold on, hold on. Hold it on. says it's so an you, easy climb. So you drive, you drive no, no, no. to eleven thousand feet, and then you walk up a thousand feet. No, 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 no. You could it it you. I'm, I'm looking Chat. it up. You can only climb it between oh, July 1st and September 14th, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they stop you. It's an 11.6-mile loop. Yes, but they it's stop you halfway. 5,000 feet in elevation game and gain, and it takes an average of 8 hours and 34 minutes to complete. So you can do it in a day. You said a couple of hours. That That's is a, a lot couple, different than eight. It's a, it's a, there's 24 hours eight a day. Eight hours one, is not a couple of hours, One Chapman. One third of the day is a few hours. It's your own day with a cup, and we've already thrown you into uh, a misguided <laughs> orbit. We, we're, okay, climbing, we're climbing you, Mount Fuji, and we're going to eat ramen out of the top. Are so you, you got to get back to Tokyo. Carrying the cup? Yes, yes, of course. Are you carrying the cup? Of course. You're, you're carrying... 35 pounds on your back up the up the side of a mountain. I'm also assuming I'm a professional and I'm in great shape and, and it's not that big of a deal. It's your day with the cup. You yes. know what you are. This yes. is you. <laughs> well, I, I I would make sure I was in shape if I knew I was getting a day with the cup. If there's, if there's <laughs> anything that you should be able to slide by us, it's your day with the cup. Yeah. And we've just blown it apart. Well, but it's my day. This is what we're doing. We're we're and, and Mount Fuji is, is is very close to Tokyo, so it's it's entirely possible I could do both of those things in a day. You've been around Dude, the Stanley Cup. You, you would be so wrecked. That's the, okay. The, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. The bowl of the Stanley Cup is 
big. Yes. I've kissed it. I know. You're not filling that thing with with ramen. No, no. You can fill it, but you're not eating all that ramen. That's That's okay. I'd eat enough of it to say I ate ramen out of the cup. After 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 an eleven mile hike, he might. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Eight hours. Now now Vegas has to go in the cup and somehow I have to finagle my way into a day with the cup. There's no chance you're getting that. (laughs) I can dream. No way, but Somebody might invite you over for their day. You never know. Thanks for listening. Check out the Bruce Cassidy interview on the podcast.